Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Monday afternoon. Hope you had a nice weekend. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm sure by now you have either heard or seen the disturbing video of a customer at Superstore in the Northeast spewing a tirade of hate-filled comments. In case you haven't, here's just a little clip. As you watch that video and listen to the video, one thing I'm taken by is that, yes, someone is taking the video on their phone. A lot of the customers, though, are just standing around. What are we expected to do if we find ourselves in a situation like that? Alexandra DaCosta, Assistant Professor, Educational Policy Studies at the University of Alberta, joins us today. Hello, Alexandra. Hi. uh, Good afternoon. Just your initial reaction when you watched that video. Um, I mean, it's a very, uh, it's an unfortunate incident, but it seems to be happening uh, relatively frequently. Uh, we see a lot of people catching r- racism in public on their phones, getting videos of it and getting audio of people doing these things, whether it's on subways or metro systems or just uh, on the street and in stores. Alexander, as I watched that, I, I noticed some people were standing around and as I put myself in their shoes, I'm not sure what I would do. What would you suggest? That's very difficult because we're talking about situations that tend to happen very fast. Sometimes, as in this case, it sounds like the person was on a tirade for a few minutes and people were trying to tell him to stop. Uh, but nobody actually uh, sort of stepped in until apparently, from what I see in the video and what I understand, another employee came over and then that employee was shoved. So in these types of situations... You know, you have to remember things can happen very fast uh, and you don't actually know what the consequence will be of your intervention. In Seattle earlier this year, a young man was stabbed in the neck for intervening in a racist situation on, I believe it was uh, the metro system there or a bus. So when you intervene, you don't actually know what's going to happen. That, That said, there are a lot of people who do stand up and intervene to assist the people who are being attacked in these situations, and you can do it in a variety of ways. I mean, you can, in a sense, try to calm the person down who's engaged in the tirade uh, rather than choose confrontation. You can also, when the incident has passed, definitely providing support for the victim uh, is very, very important. Now, whether you're filming it and then giving it to the police and staying around to talk to the police about it, whether you're uh, asking the person if they need help or if they need anything, because usually people will feel will be in shock. They will feel that they've been dehumanized and demeaned. Um, you know, they may be crying and, and not know how to do. They may be shaking. Um, so definitely care for the victim is important. But to go back to as the incident is happening, I think that in many cases, um, it's also the responsibility of those of us, for example, I myself am a white male. I'm about six feet tall. Um, those of us who can put ourselves physically 
in the middle of a confrontation or an incident like that to sort of step up and try to de-escalate it. Uh, and I say de-escalate because that is usually the first option and the most advisable option um, in this type of situation. I'm glad you point out, though, just the fact that it happened so quickly. And as I said, when I was watching the video, I thought, what would you do, Ange? And because it happened so quickly, you're thinking the person who is spewing the hatred is an angry person. So I'm, I think it's important, as you say, to de-escalate it. But you don't know what you're dealing with when you see this person going off and um, targeting that, that poor employee. That is true, uh, you know, but we do have that situation when uh, that understanding that when you're in a situation like that, you know, a lot of physical harm could be brought on to the people of color uh, or the racialized people who are being targeted or in other types of hate incidents uh, for sexuality. Um, you know, so someone may get hurt anyways. And if we are going to stand by and watch someone um, be subject to first verbal insults and then possibly physical assault, um, you know, there is a fear factor there and something may happen. But other, if you don't intervene, then you're just standing by and watching it happen. And I think that the more that people intervene, and it sounded like a lot of people were saying things, but the more that people are calling this type of behavior out and telling people it's not okay and stepping and putting themselves in the way of that situation. So, you know, the employee who approached was also a person of color and was then shoved. So, you know, where were two or three white people from around that group of people, I don't know, were there several uh, people who could have put themselves and stepped in and said, hey, you know, this is not okay, and tried to de-escalate the situation. I wasn't there, and I don't know, but that would, be, that would be the ideal thing, is to sort of look around and see, are there one or two other people that can, with you, de-escalate the situation? And then you just kind of have to make a split-second decision and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And, and more and more you see people confronting these people who are going on these types of racist tirades, um, in videos all the time. And so it's part of taking uh, a stand for the fact that we don't accept uh, racism and we don't want white supremacy to be uh, enacted on people uh, when they're trying to do their work uh, at, at, at their place of employment or in any other instance, instances, frankly. I have to say, I'm glad that person took the camera, uh, pulled out his phone and was taking the video because I think that is something you can do as well, just to be able to videotape it and get some evidence that way um, because I think that's another way of calling these people to attention, calling them out on it. So I think that's something you can do as well. I definitely think that that's important. Um, but you don't want a situation where like every, you know, there's 15 people around and yeah. everyone is filming it and nobody's doing anything. And so you know, having never found myself really in a situation that has been that violent, uh, you know, if you see if you see someone's filming it already, then perhaps that's not the best option to take if you're trying to think of something to do. So if you see that one or two people have their cameras out, you should probably be trying to figure out how to do something else. Likely someone um, may have gone, like if there's other employees there, they may have gone to call the police. So, you know, you have to think on your feet and think, you know, what's another way that I can that I can be part of the solution here and, and preventing people from getting hurt um, by this racist who's attacking them verbally and may attack them physically. And in the case of the Calgary incident, uh, he did shove someone physically. Uh, um. It's sad that you have to even have a scenario or in your head say, if I am confronted with this situation, what would I do? It, that's kind of a sad statement on our society as well. I think that... Um, Sometimes, yeah, I would agree that, you know, you have to be wondering, okay, what if I witness a racist incident on the street or someone being abused um, 
for their gender or their sexuality or their ability. Um, you know, that is a sad thing. But I also think that our focus on these larger incidents takes away from the fact that a lot of these types of discriminations and attitudes uh, are, are subtly embedded in our institutions and in our society. And so when we focus on this incident in Calgary and the shoving, we forget that, you know, a lot of our institutions do discriminate against uh, people of color, um, do discriminate against, you know, black and indigenous people, against women. Um, And so by focusing on these larger incidents, and that's the question here, what do we do in those incidents? We also have to remember that we have to do something on a daily basis in relation to addressing these issues that might have nothing to do with confronting someone who's being explicitly abusive in public. You know, and so that's, that's, the, that's the catch there. We have to work against these larger incidents that express the racism that exists in our society, but also um, look at the day-to-day, uh, the more subtle things that we might not necessarily question all the time, and be speaking up and intervening when those are happening, whether it's in our place of work, um, whether you also hear people saying things that, you know, are sort of implicitly racist or implicitly sexist, and remind them that, you know, that's not okay, not to shrug it off as a joke or as a mistake or as sort of a misguided ideology that the person has, but something that should be, you know, confronted and say, hey, you know, that's not okay to do. Um, And there's a lot of work out there that people are trying to promote in relation to this question of getting people to speak up about, you know, these more aggressive incidents as well as the more day-to-day, what might be considered sort of everyday racism. You know what? It's the conversation that we have to have, and I'm glad we had it today. Alexandra, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for speaking to me. I appreciate it. Alexandra DaCosta, Assistant Professor, Educational Policy Studies at the University of Alberta. And Alexandra mentioned different organizations working to bring this to light. If you see, witness what may be a hate incident, I mean, if it's a hate crime, yes, you should be calling 911. If it's a crime of any sort, you should be calling 911. But there are a lot of things where it's more of an incident. There is a website called Stop Hate ab.ca and when you go online there you can document incidents and at least then police have an idea as well of these incidents that are happening and what's behind them after the break though another group that i want to talk to and we talked with jesse limscone over a year ago he is out of edmonton and his story launched the campaign make it awkward we'll talk to jesse and see how things are going with that campaign after this